It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. You know, wow. Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday is supposed to be quiet in most situations and circumstances, but in life, Tuesday is never quiet because it's a continuation of what happened Monday when we began the week. And, you know, in this case today, Tuesday is might be the most important day of the week because we get a chance to wake up. We get a chance to be alert. We get a chance to understand that oh, we got this whole week that we had to prepare for. And Tuesday is the most important day in preparing for anything that we're going to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and get ready. And uh, that's what we're talking about today because uh, life is important. Everything that goes on in life is important. And the people that we serve, I'm talking about family. I'm talking about wife. I'm talking about husband. I'm talking about kids. I'm talking about grandkids. I'm talking about parents. I'm talking about everything. We kind of get uh, kind of like the energy bunny. We get rejuvenized on Tuesday uh, to get a full focus on how we should plan the rest of the week. And I tell you, today, I am excited about our topic of today because uh as you know if you've been watching the news and i had to you know uh president biden uh announced today that as a 19 april anybody that's 16 years or older that want the COVID vaccine will be able to get it and i know we we all are having these thoughts or these whatever concerns that I, I might not want to get it. I, uh, it's, it might not, it, it's a trick. Well, me personally, I just had my second vaccine about a week ago. And Michelle got hers coming up. Uh, Chuck Trenoni, uh, uh, my guest contributor, had his. And, you know, and, and if you're on the fence, that's, think about it. We all need to take care of each other. We all need to make sure that we understand that it's not about us. It's about the world. And we, are, we also have to understand that our, our parents, our grandparents, and our elderly community and everybody associated with that, and even our young, that we need to look out for them as well. So that's why it's so important uh, for this show today. I mean, I got this friend of mine that, I mean, I just love her to death. I mean, she is the most straightforward person. And I'm telling when I, when I say that, I mean it. I mean, I mean it. Uh, most honest. I mean, I'm about when it comes to uh, being straightforward. But she loves her passion. And she has a passion. She's going to tell you her story. She loves her passion, but she also loves making sure that we are able to take care of our senior community uh, and everybody that's around that. So today we're going to talk about what it takes to care for our aging populations, our community, and to provide nursing care, uh, even if it's door-to-door, with love. With love. I'm talking about passion. Love. And this person represent love. And uh, 
just so happy that I have had an opportunity to meet this this young lady over the last six years. And we're going to talk about it. I'm not even going to mention her name right now. I'm going to let Michelle and Chuck mention that later. But before we start with this, uh, I, I, first of all, I always have to introduce my team. Uh, my team started off with my co-host, Michelle Cooler. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. Uh, busy day today, my gosh. Extremely busy day today. I, I was on the phone from, like, it seemed hours. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I even just talk on the phone all day. It's like, I don't want another phone call. And what she mean by that is uh, she has her own job and all of these other things that, uh, uh, yeah, and I, I put these other things on, on her, her plate, just like I do with uh, my guest contributor, Chuck Trenoni. How you doing, Chuck? Doing great, James. And Michelle, it's a pleasure to be here. Like Michelle, I was on the phone all day today, too. I was talking to a government agency, and it just rolled on and on. I'm so glad to be here tonight, not on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and believe it or not, I was on the phone all day setting up uh, shows for the next, uh, you know, what well, we're fortunate, setting up shows for the next two, three weeks. And just so happy to be in a situation where uh, we are able to reach out and we are able to help and we are able to give our organization the opportunity to present themselves and tell what they do and and tell why it's so important. And helping others. So uh, by doing that, uh, before I even get started with this, uh, Chuck, can you tell our listening audience what's the purpose of the show tonight? I sure can. The purpose of tonight's show is to hear a heartwarming story about a career transition and the love that inspired it. What it takes to care for aging parents and develop a home nursing care agency and to provide health care for others, and to understand the differences about key terms in the health and home health care industry, like hospice, home health, palliative care, and the benefits and costs associated with them. Wow, that's powerful. I, I tell you, before uh, we introduce our guests, if you want to be part of the conversation, if you want to join in, if you want to learn more about what we're talking about tonight, one 344 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Michelle, can you introduce our guest tonight? Yes, Lauren Reynolds. Lauren Reynolds opened at-home nursing care in 2010. She was inspired by her own mother's battle with terminal cancer and the need for in-home care, which prompted Lauren to retire from a successful 15-year career as a reporter, anchor for ABC 10 News, to launch a home health agency. As a news reporter, she earned 11 Emmy Awards and accommodation from the city of San Diego for her public service. Her pride was working in the investigative and consumer protection units at 10 News. Lauren is the founder and administrator of the licensed and ACHC accredited agency offering caregiving, personal care, in-home nursing and care management. Voted Entrepreneur of the Year in 2013, Lauren opened a second branch in Culver City, California, where she grew up. The agency has been awarded Best in Home Care four years in a row and prides itself on compassionate quality that customers can trust. Lauren is very active in charity. She has chaired the Taste of Rancho Santa Fe and the Country Friends Giving Hearts Gala. She serves as an elected board member to the California Association for Health Services at Home. A magna cum laude graduate of UCSD, she is married with two boys and lives in North County. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly and honorably presents Lauren Reynolds. Welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you doing? And what a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much, Michelle and James and Chuck. It's my pleasure to be here. And, you know, we did hit a milestone that's pretty amazing. 150 million Americans have gotten that COVID vaccine. And I got mine on Saturday. 
So as a as a healthcare worker, I could have gotten mine a long time ago, but honestly, I'm not front lines. I'm in the office, and I didn't want to jump ahead of all of these people who are working in hospitals, who are going into my clients' homes and all of that. So I waited, um, and I got my first shot on Saturday, and honestly, it was nothing. A sore arm for a couple of days. That's it. And with that many people getting it, I, you know, I do hope people feel less afraid. Wow. You, you know, uh, just like uh, I, I got my second shot um, about a week, almost a week and a half ago. And and you're right. And, and we encourage people to go out and get, get their shots. Uh, Lauren, can you tell our listening audience a little bit more about you and where you're from? In um, San Jose. And my mom and dad were, were pretty young. They were, I was a college baby. So my mother and father were in college and I was a surprise. My mom had to reschedule a final. Um, so they get married, of course, and uh, moved to LA. So I grew up in LA and I loved it. You know that song, I love LA? I loved LA. What a fun place to grow up and so many activities such great diversity, so many languages, so many cultures, and I immersed myself in it and truly loved it. But when it came time to go to school, even though my father uh, worked at USC, I chose UC San Diego. And I ended up going there, and that's when I fell in love with San Diego. And other than, a, you know, to, to get a foot in the door in news reporting, it's very hard to just show up in San Diego and get a job. It's a really good market, and so it, it's hard to get there. So I started actually in Idaho Falls, Idaho, which was <laughs> a culture shock growing up in L.A., right, and then going to college in San Diego, and then ending up in Idaho Falls, Idaho, which was a lovely place, but I'm just saying it was so different. Pacific Northwest, tiny community, um, and I was there about six months. And then I went to Peoria, Illinois, and that was interesting, too. Midwest, like serious Midwest area. And I was there. I, gosh, I'm starting to lose my memory, but I think I was there for <laughs> nine months. And I got my big break. And it was a huge break, which was I got a job offer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And the guy, the, the, the manager at the time said, look, I don't know if you're good enough or not to come work in Milwaukee. You, you only have these small town experiences. You haven't been in the business very long. Can you send me more of your of your videos? Because the way you would apply back then, it's totally different now. Is that you would literally put together like a, a videotape and mail it. And then they'd take that videotape and put it in the VCR and watch it. Um, the kids have no idea what I'm talking about now. They're like, what? It wasn't just online? But no, it wasn't. And I had already sent him all my good stuff. And so now he was asking for more because he's intelligent, right? And so he, I, I said, okay, I sent him more stories. And he says, yes, you're not good enough. So I'm not going to offer you the job now. But um, l when you get more experience, contact me again. So I waited two weeks. I put together more stories. I sent him a tape with a sticky note on it that said, am I experienced enough now? And he didn't and He called me and he said, you're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. You, you can have the job. He didn't even watch it. Of course, I wasn't experienced enough, but he said that's not what mattered. What mattered is tenacity for that kind of a kind of a deal. But he only signed me the point of the story. He only signed me to a six month contract. And winter in Milwaukee. Zero degrees. But 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 you know I tell you uh, this is sounding fascinating and we're gonna take a station break, but we're gonna come back. We're gonna continue to have these discussion with Lauren, and we're gonna delve off into uh, the title of our show and uh, learn about um, making sure that we're taking care of our elderly community. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and we got Lauren Reynolds here and I tell you, uh, this topic I believe is so important because uh, American society, and we are been in a, a massive pandemic, and but we need to have an understanding of how we take care of our community, especially our elder elder communities, and how we do that with love. And so, the title of our show today is "What It Takes to Take Take Care of Our Aging Population, Communities, and to Provide." Nursing home care with love. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Lauren, so those who've missed hearing your bio, why did you change from being a news reporter to open your own home health business? So after I left Milwaukee because it was cold, and I landed a job in San Diego, and I loved that job. I was there um, for 15 years, but when I was just 36 years old, my poor mother, who um, was a five foot two, feisty little trial attorney, back when women weren't trial attorneys as much as they are now, and she developed breast cancer, and she did great. We, you know, we have no family history. She's one of 10 kids and had five sisters and nobody else had it but you know with cancer i believe sometimes it's just bad luck it's just something happens and it's bad luck so she got cancer and she did really well for eight years um no for six years and then after six years it came back so she had to retire from work and she's only you know 56 year old woman you know at the prime of her career and she knew that she was going to need some some care. Channel 10, to their credit, let me go part-time. And I would go up to L.A. and, and help take care of my mother. She's married. You know, she had my father. But he's a 58-year-old man. He, he has a job. He needs to work. And, by the way, they need the health care. So he can't just quit. So, um, and he would admit he wasn't, he wasn't the ideal nurse. Uh, some people just aren't. And so... Um, my mom actually arranged for in-home care for herself, and that was amazing. She was able to at the time, and she was a lawyer. She had a lawyer mentality and planning mentality. And then um, towards the end, uh, when she started hospice, I met this amazing 70-year-old hospice nurse, still working because she loved it, and worked three days a week. And she was so good at her job, she actually told me the day my mom was going to die. Because I asked her and I was trying to get my head around it. And she had some, she looked at me and she's like, do you really want to know? And I said, yes. And she said, well, you know, Sunday. And she was right. 
so I was just inspired and I, I had a contract to fulfill. I fulfilled my contract and learned about in-home care and then started my own company in 2010. Wow. So, Lauren, we hear a lot about the sandwich generation, adults who are caring for the aging parents and younger kids. Um, does this qu- describe your experience? Yes. And, and so I understand it when we get um, younger, younger people calling and saying, my mom is, you know, my mom's only 60, but she has this terrible disease or she was in a terrible car accident. And I've got a seven year old. Uh, I can't do it. And they feel tremendous guilt. And so then it's, it's just coming down to let's look at our options. Um, but millions of Americans are in that sandwich generation. And with so many people turning 65 every single day, more of us are finding ourselves in that position. So, I, you know, talking about it and planning is really key. Great. Lauren, this is Chuck. What does at-home nursing care do? So we provide in-home care. So we're not a facility. uh, We're not a community. People call us when they need caregiving in their homes. And we provide, you know, basic companion care all the way up to skilled nursing in the home. So we might do, you know, people call for lots of different reasons, too. It might be, I can't get mom to take a bath. She doesn't feel comfortable. She's afraid of falling. They might need somebody to come once a week and do a bathing visit. Or somebody has dementia and really can't be left alone anymore, and and the spouse works, so they need somebody there during the day while the the spouse is at work. All the way up to we have clients that need twenty four hour care because their kids don't live anywhere near them, or their kids are just not well suited to provide that, and um, they'll hire our company to go do take care of them. We recently became Medicare certified which means we'll be providing Medicare home health, which are like visits after you've had an event. You've been released from the hospital or your doctor thinks you need some extra care at home. And it's like visits three times a week for about 60 days. And Medicare covers that. So we're going to be starting starting to do that. Our launch date was uh, April 15th. We'll see if we're going to make it, but I hope we will. Well, congratulations on that launch date and making that distinction. How do you match the right employees with the right homes, and what onboarding or training processes do you provide them? Yes, and this is important regardless of where you are in the country. You need, number one, you need to make sure that you have a background check on the person that is coming into your home. And everybody expects it in home care. It's not like you're insulting anybody by requesting a background check. That's absolutely normal, standard practice. So um, first, we in California, you don't start with that. That's just the law. So in California, first, we meet with them and we um, talk to them. And we, you know, figure out what their personality is like. It takes a certain personality, a very calm, caring person, um, patient. You know, you don't want somebody who flies off the handle. And most of our employees have been doing this a really long time, and they absolutely love it. It's different than the people I worked with in news who were who were wonderful people, but they were like real go gutters, like wanted to be the star of the show kind of thing. And with home care, they're just the nicest biggest hearted people and they really enjoy helping others so that's that's kind of what what happens with us um how we pick them and then we match them to people based on geography how far away is the client from where the caregiver lives skill set does this client just need a companion or does do, do they need somebody who really knows how to work equipment like a hoyer lift to help people get out of bed um, do they need somebody who cooks are there language concerns is this person, is the client only speaking Spanish? Do we need a Spanish caregiver in the house? So we have to take all of that into account as we do a match. And I always say we are people putting people with people and people mess things up. I say that right off the bat, because if you're looking for perfection, it's never going to happen. So, but we are responsive. And so if there's something you don't like, we're going to fix it. Wow, you know this this is so fantastic. So, uh, one question, Lauren, is what kind of supervision do you provide in, in home staff that they receive? I'm talking about uh, you. You have to be able to make sure that they are doing what uh, your organization said that they need to do. 
Exactly. And so what we do is we have a nurse start every case and create a care plan. So the nurse goes out and figures out what are the client's needs, preferences, desires, you know, things they don't like, things they expect. And so we create this care plan. Then the nurse will orient the caregiver or the nurse, if it's a nursing case, to that care plan. And so each day, the the caregiver is going to uh, write that they are following it on an electronic portal. So everybody checks in online and we do geo-tracking. So when they get to the home, they're clocking in electronically and it's geo-tracking their location. So we know somebody's not there um, and that's important. And then they, they start their daily care and then the nurse goes out at least every 60 days to say, is this working? Is everything going okay? Do you need anything? Uh, have, have there been changes? Like, does the plan of care need to be changed? And so that's, that's how we do it. Um, we also call, because sometimes the client, you know, won't, they're so polite. Yeah. You know, that greatest generation, they're, they're so polite. So we also call them and, and when the caregiver's not hey, around. Hey, hey, hey Laura, hold, hold, hold that thought. We're we going to come back because I want to know a little bit more about that. But we got to take a station break right now. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue to to hear you explain that because that's so important it's your life i'm james cool there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I tell you, Lauren uh, is educating all of us you know, on on things that uh, are so important to us, especially when it comes to uh, taking care of our aging communities. And uh, we had to take a station break, but uh, she was explaining uh, the in-home supervision, uh, the procedures. And I, I, I want Lauren to continue to explain that one because that's so important. Hi, James. Yeah, so so we don't want to just put people in the home and then walk away and come back a year later and say, how did it go? Um, we, we, we feel responsible. And I always say it, supervision starts at the hiring process. All of my staff knows that we wouldn't hire somebody that we're not going to put with our own mother, right? Like you have to look at that person and say, would I trust that person to care for my mother? Um, but again, the people in this industry are so kind and wonderful that, you know, most of the time, if they actually get to the interview process, because we go through so many resumes, then they're on a good track. Um, but we do want to talk not only to the client, but sometimes clients who perhaps have home care because they have dementia. We also want to put a call into their responsible person that they've named, whether it's, um, you know, if there's a daughter in the family, what I have found is it's going to be the daughter. Where there is no daughter in the family, it's the oldest son. I don't know why. That's just what we found. So, uh, but the client picks, of course. And so we'll put a call into him and say, hey, has your mom said anything? Your dad, uh, how do you feel it's going? Is there anything we need to improve? You know, wow, that's that's good information. I never thought about that that way, but just by you just mentioning that, that's just how it is uh, in most families, at least uh, my understanding. 
uh, those uh, those numbers are accurate. But we got a caller on the phone that got a question for you. Charles, are you still there? Yes, I am. Hi, Lauren. I got a question for you. So what have been your biggest challenge and, and what, you know, the elderly, um, I would say in a sense that my mom um, was a widower uh, that was 88 years old and I moved her into my home and she just didn't um, trust the care that we tried to offer her outside of family, right? So, but mm-hmm. she also had some issues, a lot of medical issues with, you know, uh, things that we did, we were not aware of. So I'm just curious what your biggest challenges have been with things, situations like that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your situation. And I hope everything worked out okay with your mom. And maybe that's the lesson is that it, it's always difficult, right? It's, it's, gonna be, it's not perfect. Um, we have to like try something try something else one of the most difficult challenges i've had is when there are a lot of siblings and they truly disagree when the uh, elderly person hasn't made made his or her wishes known and so now it comes down to interpretation and the children disagree um that's really difficult because then they sometimes want the home care company to be a referee or a moderator and all i can do is present the choices and the options and um you know sometimes families end up in court and we've had a couple of families that did end up in court because there just wasn't a real clear advanced directive that's been difficult um when i when i first became an employer i found that very challenging because I've always been independent minded and I didn't really like telling anybody telling me what to do. I I just, that's just the way I've always been. And that's when my mama raised me and my, um, it was interesting how many items I have to take care of for employees. And that was an adjustment where I thought, well, why do I have to do that? Of course they do that. And you know, they, a lot of times people don't know to do certain things. So the employer is responsible. And, And that was just an adjustment. Now I've gotten very used to it. Um, clients that resist care, even though they really need it. So I can understand your mother's apprehension and to them, it's, it's a stranger. Like you're just bringing a stranger into my house. And in a situation like that, I would feel like my job is to convince your mother that she's only a stranger. The very first 20 minutes you meet her, then she's your friend. And I'm your friend and we're here to help you and we're going to monitor everything and just build trust. Like you, you have with certain people, you have to build trust and maybe even start really small, like a couple of hours and then increase it a little bit. One final challenge and anybody's had home care knows that is the cost. It's really hard for people to pay for. Right, right, exactly. Uh, Even though Medicare and Medicaid doesn't cover all that stuff and and convincing that 80 a year old to, you know, to, to believe what you're saying and understand what you're saying is, it's a challenge, right? So I, I've it, seen it. It right? is. Yeah. Yes. It, and how's your mom doing? Is she still with you? No, no, she is not. Unfortunately, she decided to, that she didn't want to deal with it anymore. So, it, you know, it was, it was a, a, a hidden secret with breast cancer. She had breast cancer for eight, nine years and never had it treated or anything like that. So it, it was one of Okay. Situations. Yeah. Yeah. She was private. She was a very private person. Yeah. So that, that you had a challenge. I mean, just. Putting it plainly, that's a challenge. But it sounds like you you gave it your best, and I'm sure she truly appreciated that. So yeah. that was yeah. such a man. I I really appreciate you calling in. Uh, that that uh, kind of set off lights with me as well because uh, I see that happening all the time. And uh, you know, so thanks so much for calling in. Uh, my great producer, no, are, are you there? Are you following? Uh, no. I have to follow it, otherwise it wouldn't make for good radio. <laughs> <laughs> and her being uh, formerly in the media, she knows exactly how that goes. No, I, I, you know, I have 
my grandmother's still alive. God bless her. She's 97 years old. And other than having her eyesight affected a little bit, she's mostly in pretty good health. And she's taken care of by a family member. And that is a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. But not everybody has that available to them. So I, I guess my question would be, uh, do you maybe see a lot of family squabbling when it comes to how to care for an individual? Because I know that can be kind of challenging even when you're having an elderly person cared for within your own family. Yes, and I do see that. And I think what I would teach people is let's start talking about this a lot earlier And I know that that's difficult for some people, but I like to say the first time you have this conversation should be when somebody turns 18. And I had this conversation with my son because at 18, you become an adult, which means you should have an advanced directive. Who's going to speak on your behalf if you're injured in a car accident? And that just opens up. And I I always call it a conversation. You don't want to have the death talk. I mean, people don't want to talk about death or face death. And I get that, but it's sort of like, let's have just a, chat. <laughs> let's just have a chat. We're not talking about death, but, and you can bring it up casually to your, you know, let's say your mom's 65, 70. You can say, Hey mom, we've never talked about this before. Um, d- did you have any ideas of what you'd want to do if you felt like you weren't safe in your house anymore and find out what they want and then write it down. Like if possible, people should have an estate plan, but it, it should be with details. Where do they want to go? Do they do they intend to stay home as long as it's practical and affordable? Do they wish to go into to an assisted living? Is there a particular assisted living that they visited and they like, or their friends are there? Um, you know, do they want a G tube, which is like artificial feeding? Some people don't want that. And at the very end, when you're actually you know ill, you have to have a conversation about do you want CPR or not. Because the reality is, when you're a young person, of course you want CPR. You don't even need to talk about it. It's a given. But when you're 98 years old and CPR could lead to broken ribs, maybe you don't want that. And so, but that every person needs to make that choice for themselves and and then make those choices known so that your wishes can be honored. And that way, and I, I often say when people need home care and the parents are reluctant, I often say, why don't you just give this a try for your kids <laughs> for your kids sake? Let's just give it a try. Cause once they try it, they like it. Um, but, but it's just getting that stranger in the door, overcoming that. So again, if you can, and then if there are, you know, disagreements, just nobody be accusatory, just sit around a table and everybody express their views and why, and try to reach some sort of an agreement. Sure, because Everybody cares. I mean, that, that's, right. you know, that's common ground right there. Right. Like, try to just talk and not not make, you know, no judgment statements. Let's just say, what are your fears? What are your concerns? Why do you feel that way? Um, does anybody did anybody ever have a conversation with mom or grandma? And I like what does you said. The earlier you had this conversation, the, the, you know, easier it's going to be to make those decisions. Yeah. Right at 18. Everybody should have some sort of advanced directive at 18 years old. Get them to do it for your kids. Push them to do it. It's important. Lauren, where do people with low economic resources who are fragile and vulnerable in any way find economic help and assistance? So if you are somebody who are you're truly economically um, vulnerable, then you may be able to get help from Medicaid, which in California is called Medi-Cal. And right now, partially thanks to COVID-19, our, our government is recognizing the power and the value of home care and the safety of home care. But again, it's expensive. And so the government is starting to put more resources into what's called community-based care, which means allowing people to pick where they want to go. So people with very low economic resources might be able to get in-home services from Medi-Cal. And, um, That's growing. That's just growing in California and across the nation. And and really, it has to. Medicare is only going to cover those intermittent visits after some sort of a health event. So if people think, oh, Medicare is going to take care of me. No, it's just like your assisted living community. Medicare is not going to pay your rent. Uh, Medi-Cal will pay for a nursing facility if you need nursing and if you really have low, low resources. But often that's not the first choice people want. 
also, I would explore that in San Diego, there's something called in-home supportive services, and that's good for anybody who has $2,000 of assets or less. And there's also a veteran aid and attendance benefit for veterans. Wow. You know, wow. this is so much information that we're going to continue to talk about. We're going to take a station breaker right now, but I need like six hours for this this discussion. <laughs> but we're going to, we've got another segment and we're going to continue to come back and talk about this. It's Show Life. I'm James Cooley. 1 344 1170. It's Show Life. I'm James Cooley. I'll talk to you in a minute. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, just like I was saying in the beginning, this subject is so important that we all need to know and uh and within our show we are not able to get to all of the questions but uh i have talked to the guests and she says she might be willing to come back and talk to us later on on a lot of things that we don't get an opportunity to talk about tonight you know so if My you want to be part <laughs> if you want to be part of the conversation one eight 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 three four four eleven seven again that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven Lauren, this past year, there's been numerous stories about the COVID-19 effects in healthcare facilities. What's been your experience in home health care facilities with the COVID-19? I consider those of us working in home health to be extremely lucky. Um, and we had almost no cases until December when there was so much community spread, it was everywhere. And then I think we had three clients who got it. And the hard part about that is now who's going to take care of the clients. Um, and there was uh, one client in particular, we had a caregiver who stayed with the client 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 14 days straight. So 14 days of 24 hour work, no break, no nothing. And she did that because the, 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 client's daughter was compromised herself and couldn't care for her mother um and honestly i might have had to do it if the if the caregiver didn't because what would we do um so because of the nature of it's really one-on-one care we did try so when people need 24-hour care we tried to do one 24-hour shift with somebody instead of 12 hours 12 hours just to cut down the number of people coming and going but really in the home there was very there was not very much spread and even inside the home the caregivers the nurses were wearing their masks and trying to social distance but when you need to help somebody bathe you can't stay six feet away 
So our protocols were social distance when you can. And when you can't, just try to you know be careful. Um, I was relieved when we learned that COVID wasn't living on all of our surfaces forever. Remember that? Where we were just constantly wiping everything down, thinking it was because we we're going to touch it and suddenly get COVID. And it turned out it didn't spread quite like that. But um, it did spread like that, but not quite so easily. So that was a relief. Much, much more prominent in the nursing homes, I think, because just more people and more people in smaller spaces. You, you, you know, Lauren, uh, I, I got to ask this question because uh, it's uh, over the last year or so with me and Michelle and probably many other families. With the growth of telemedicine, what are the advantages and disadvantages for home care providers and the people that you care for? So what's interesting about home care is a, a large number of our clients are elderly. And they didn't grow up holding a smartphone by the time they were 12. So just getting them to buy in that it's a real doctor's visit um, is difficult. So what we would do is um, we'd have the caregiver help and set up the Zoom with the doctor, with the, with the client right there. Um, it is It has been beneficial, definitely. What's interesting, and this is um, Medicare, Medicare decided that doctors should be paid for it but not home health companies. So we did some telehealth visits with our RNs, but we just did it as charity work. And I thought that that was interesting that physicians, they just, you know, it's, it's worth it to reimburse physicians, but not home health agencies. And I guess that's just, you know, we, we have to lobby for it. So we are going to lobby for it so that it can be more widespread and, and explain the need and, and why, but it's a great resource for people, especially people who live far from a doctor where it's going to be a long drive and it's hard to get them into the car and maybe they have a lot of pain. I just think any, anything we can do to leverage these advances we're making in technology to make people more comfortable, we should try it. Lauren, what is the difference between hospice care and home care or home health? So hospice care, a lot of people get very afraid when they hear the word hospice. Um, it's because they think somebody's going to die like in the next two weeks. And you can actually get hospice if your life expectancy is six months or under. So if the doctor believes you have about six months, that's when you can have hospice care. It's a Medicare benefit or an insur- regular commercial insurance benefit. So you don't pay out of pocket for it. And what's great about it is they're not going to treat you when you have hospice. They're just going to control your symptoms and your comfort level. So they're great for meds. They're great if you need special equipment, like you need a hospital bed or you need a Hoyer lift. Medicare will cover that. If you need uh, maybe some social services to help deal with death, the hospice is great at that. They have chaplains. They can do a lot just to make you comfortable. And um, home health is really those visits that are intermittent paid by Medicare or commercial insurance. But there are short visits, usually up to 45 minutes and three times a week on average for about 60 days. And then that stops. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. What you're doing is so fantastic and is so uh, demanding uh, I heard that sometimes uh, in order for you to take a break, you like salsa dancing or something. So what what do you do to ease your mind, to get away from the job for a few hours? Right. I love to dance. I love to dance. If you if there's a dance floor, I don't care. You know, when you go to the wedding and there's that person that's just I'm dancing. You know, I'm out there. I'm going to do it. And I love to salsa dance. I grew up salsa dancing. You can do it your whole life. It's fabulous. The music's great. So I love to do that. And I love my Peloton bike, I must say. That has been wonderful. That has helped keep off that 30 pounds that people, I guess, are... Oh, you're going to bring that up. We talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nobody I know gained 30 pounds, but I heard on the news that that's the average. So that... Boy, that would make everything harder. So I, I just loved it. exercise, exercise, you know, spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, and, remembering and you know, how lucky I am. 
I, you know, I went to a doctor today. I'm be honest with you, and uh, you mentioned thirty, thirty-two pounds. The doctor told me that uh, okay, you've been pretty good, and you did not overstep, but you gained fifteen pounds. <laughs> so <laughs> you are now, absolutely you can, right. you can lose it. Yeah. So, uh, what is the future? that you hold for your organization. I know that you're in two locations right now and you're doing extremely well. Uh, what is your vision in the next five years? I think first we're going to launch our, our Medicare line. And I'm like I say, I'm extremely fortunate. And I've already had a fantastic uh, hospital group say that they would love to have me come take on some of their Medicare overflow because they're so busy. And that's an honor and a privilege. And I'll do my very best for them. So I think that's going to keep us busy. My next step is I want to add a, a branch in Orange County so that I cover all of San, all of Southern California. And then um, we'll be empty nesters soon. My youngest son will go away to college next year. And I would love to just spend a certain amount of time in each location. So part of the year in San Diego, part of the year in Orange County, part of the year in L.A., where there's plenty of salsa dancing opportunities. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, just you mentioning that, and I, I know we're down to the last couple of minutes, but, uh, you know, our, our listening audience uh, is primarily, of course, San Diego, uh, L.A., Orange County, big time. <laughs> you know, so that would be great. But well, I, I that tell you, <laughs> I that, can't that, wait to do that then. How can I listen or get in touch with you if they want to know more about your organization and what you do? So our the name of our company is At Home Nursing Care. And I'm very lucky because our website is at home nursing So we have a very easy website to find. Um, that's a great way. Our phone number, if somebody wants to give us a call, is 760-634-8000. Um, that, you, we, you can reach us from any phone on that phone call. Um, and, you know, we're just happy to help or answer questions. This has been so informative, so important. And I, just like I mentioned to you earlier, I would love to have you back on so we can get off into the two hours that we were not able to day of into because of the topic. Uh, but uh, I'd like to thank you, Laura Reynolds, for taking the time to come on. I'd like to thank my uh, co-host here, Michelle Cooley, uh, the show contributor, uh, Chuck Trenoni, uh, my listening audience who, who's always here every night. Uh, thank you so much. And we're always looking for sponsors to make sure we continue to bring this great message. But we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> same time, same place. And I cannot not forget my great producer, Noah Dingley. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. i see you tomorrow. Same time. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.